What's up, everybody? My name is Ahmed Ahmed. This is my co-host. Blake Barty. How's it going? This is another episode of Hollywood Tales. This is a special episode of Hollywood Tales. Super excited. Um, because of our guest who is standing by, I think, or is he? I'm not in the, in the waiting room yet. He'll, he's coming on soon. Um, I don't want to tip the hat too early, but <laughs> uh, <clears throat> we are here at Jam in the Van. This is their new space. It's right in the heart of West L.A., uh, 3384 Motor Avenue between Venice and Pico. It's a really cool uh, facility complex. It used to be a rehab center, um, and now it's a place for musicians and comedians, so nothing really changed. <laughs> uh, but a fun space, and so <clears throat> big thanks to Jake and Jake and Dave and Jack Higgins, our creative director. Wolf Romero is over here. You can't see him. Thanks for engineering this whole thing and um go to jamintheVan.com for show dates and tickets okay all right we are uh that was our guest <clears throat> we didn't reveal it but he's on the poster so you know right yeah like when people watch it it's that was vince vaughn everybody that was Vince Vaughn trying to log into the StreamYard link that we use for our for our virtual uh, podcast. He's not in studio with us. Where this is going to be virtual. Hopefully, maybe not. He asked if it was going to be a call in. Like, can I call in? And then, you know, I was like, no, we want to see your your lovely face. <laughs> We'll figure it out. All right. Well, until we get Vince Vaughn back, you all know him from Wedding Crashers. Swingers is where he got his big break. Uh, Steven Spielberg. Funny story. I'll, maybe I should let him tell it. No, I'll tell it. When Swingers was made, there's a scene in the movie where Vince is talking to a girl and the Jaws soundtrack plays in the background. Do you remember that? Dun -dun, dun -dun, dun -dun, dun -dun. They had to get permission from Steven Spielberg to use that in the movie. So Steven Spielberg had to watch Swingers. And he was like, who's this Vince Vaughn kid? And he put him in Jurassic Park. Yeah. That's a, that's a Hollywood tale. Crazy. <laughs> I should have let Vince tell it. but Too late, Vince. <laughs> um, let's just keep talking until he comes on. I've known Vince Vaughn almost 30 years. We met on an after-school special called The Fourth Man with, coincidentally, Peter Billingsley, who was the star of it. Peter was on our podcast a few episodes back. Um, we have a picture of Peter Billingsley and uh, Vince Vaughn, a young Vince Vaughn and Peter Billingsley and Tim Rosovich from A Fourth Man. Um, that's them right there. Um, and I was an extra. Peter was the star. Vince was the co-star. An unknown Vince at the time, very unknown Vince, and he was nice to me as an extra, which, which never happens. Yeah. Um, if you watch Peter's, ep, you know, version, remember his story? He was like, "Yeah, I'd never be nice to the extras." <laughs> Vince what's is, the extra doing in your trailer? Yeah. What's this extra doing in your hanging trailer? Out. I was hanging out with Vince Vaughn, you know, during lunch in his little honey wagon trailer, and we were just chalking it up, and that's how we became friends, uh, and. <clears throat> We, uh, you know, kind of were in the young Hollywood scene, running around, auditioning. Um, 
I was working a couple different jobs, waiting tables and personal training. and um, But we all lived in this little... Wait, you were a personal trainer? I was a personal trainer. I nice. was. <laughs> you don't see these guns, bro? Hell yeah. I was a personal trainer for a very short period. It was easy money. I didn't. I wasn't even certified. I just knew like how to work out. <laughs> All right. And when you're in Hollywood and you want to make, you know, you know, I think I was making seventy five bucks an hour, sometimes a hundred bucks an hour. Because my clients were like these big spenders. Yeah. Um, and I made a lot of money waiting tables, but we would audition and go out for stuff, and then we eventually like. You know, we're kind of old enough and confident enough to go to the nightclub scenes when we were underage. We had like fake IDs, or Vince would always have these tricks up his sleeve and get us into like the hottest nightclubs. Um, so, this is you and Vince Vaughn pre like 21 year old? Pre, yeah, pre 21. We were 19. Nice. So, me, Peter Billingsley, Vince Vaughn, who else was in that crew? Marcus Redman, who I should have on the podcast at some point. He used to be on the show Doogie Howser, and he's been in a couple movies. He's become more of a writer-director now. But And there was a small group of us, and we were, oh, here he is again. Hey, pal. Do you want to just do it off your phone? I swear to God, people, it's, it's really him, all right? It's not like a, an imaginary friend. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen, drum roll. Our guest here on Hollywood Tales <clears throat> is none other, none other than actor, producer. Uh, I also realized he has some soundtrack credits. Do you know that? Yeah, if you go on his IMDb, he has two uh, credits for being on, in a soundtrack. Like he sings in a, in a, a song. One's with Dwight Yoakam. Uh, on their Wild West comedy show, and the other one was on Jimmy Fallon for something. He, he sung on Jimmy Fallon, and he got a soundtrack credit. Yeah. I didn't know you can do that. Let's talk about some shows we have coming up. We have uh, Jam in the Van right here on site. Uh, they have a indoor, outdoor, early show, late show. We're on the late show uh, on February 22nd. Go to jaminthevan.com. It's Ahmed Ahmed's Comedy Compound. A bunch of fun comics are going to be on the show. Blake will be on the show. Yeah. Um, February 16th, we are at the Brea Improv. Brea Improv, just go to uh, Brea Improv on Ahmed. You'll find tickets. 50% off promo code if you use the promo code Ahmed, my name. Uh, 50% off. It's a huge space. So if you can spread the word, tell your friends, get a big group out there. It'll be a fun night. Um, again, Blake's on the show. Joe Urell is on the show. Anya Zova, Renee Percy, Jen Sturger. Uh, it's a very, very female forward show and presentation. Yeah. I'm headlining three it. Females and three males. But... Uh, oh, he is. is he? Is he here? Yeah. All right. Here we go. Hey, how are you? What's up, brother? So sorry it had to be by phone. This uh, transferring to new servers is not my strong <laughs> suit. It's all good, man. You look great. Thank you. Thanks for making time. My pleasure. This is our little studio at Jam in the Van here in West LA. Very nice. Um, I just wanted to get you on and off because I know you're busy. So No worries. I'm happy to jump on. I was telling everybody how we met. Peter B. came on the 
podcast and told the whole story about don't talk to the extras and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and how you know you kind of took me under your you know under your wing and we became friends and uh, it was just kind of a funny story. Uh, we were referencing the fourth man and that, but. Um, I guess you said you had a couple questions really quick if you want to just dive in. Um, I guess we just dive right in. Uh, what's, uh, what are you most proud of at this point in your career? What am I most proud of at this point in the career? Gosh, you know, I don't spend too much time really <laughs> um, reflecting or looking back. I'm normally sort of always um, – kind of looking ahead, but, you know, to be honest and, and thinking about it, just working as an actor coming from where I came from uh, was an odd choice to be a, a professional actor. Um, and really, I think like a lot of people, my focus was really just to try to do it, uh, keep doing it, and then to make a living doing it. So my progression was very much, I, I both my parents worked, so I, I did sports and I also was in, my mom put me in musical theater when I was like seven or eight. And so it was just one of the activities that I did. And then I like to be funny and did some plays and some talent shows. And there's a great uh, film class at my high school that's still in place today where we had cameras and got to make things and shoot things and learn how to edit. And then with Chicago being close to the suburb I grew up in, I started training in the city with different types of classes. I took the Improv Olympic, which was still close to started Second City started that and Shakespeare and there's a lot of great theater and, and training in Chicago. As soon as I could drive, I was going down all the time. Yeah. And then I started to work professionally as an actor and actually get commercials, which was a big deal. And, and that's how it was. If you could get up and perform improv on stage, that was a big deal. The nice yeah. thing in Chicago was you weren't doing something to get hired. Like you, you weren't, no one was going to see you in the audience. You were really doing it because you liked it and to get better. And then when I got an agent just to get a line or be in a commercial was a big deal. And that never stopped. You know, after after I had some success locally, after high school, I moved out to L.A. I was able to get an agent very quickly and I was able just to keep taking classes, keep, keep growing at, at the, the, the craft and and just keep pursuing work, which was terrific. So for me, I think it's a good place to start is just liking it and continuing to try to get better at it. I was less results oriented, although of course you wanted to work, but I was way more focused on whatever job you got felt like such a big deal. Getting a line on a yeah. TV show was a big deal. And then five lines was a big deal. Then a co-star. So it was really, I think just being able to pursue what I love and to have a chance to make a living doing it is, is terrific. Yeah. I think when I see um, what, what I think makes you so special as a fan is that you can tell that that improv translates into a lot of your, you know, comedy. I don't think those a lot of the scripts were written that you just improvised a lot of things in them. And uh, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Vince, your body of work speaks directors for itself. Always, the directors always don't. Writers don't always appreciate that. I'm kidding. No, in comedy, <laughs> people usually always add and change stuff. And. You know, some of the movies I actually wrote or we would write on without, you know, just kind of as it goes. So it's very collaborative that way. Yeah. So like when you did Swingers, you know, that was kind of like the, you know, let's say the film that, that you know, puts you on the map, let's say. There was a lot of collaboration with Favreau and like the sort of writing process, right? With you sort of adding lines and sort of structuring the story as to like having a sort of beginning, middle and an end and make, making sense for the audience. 
Um, you know, a lot of stuff that I just said being funny as a friend were things that were put into the screenplay. You know, John definitely went and wrote the movie um, and had the initial idea for it. And that was great. But I think a lot of dialogue that we said from friend groups and things that I said found their way into the, the yeah. movie. But I was just so grateful to, you know, have a friend who wrote a script like that. But yes, you know, on that and, and that we would, you know, play around with lines, improvise some of those scenes like uh, that trailer park scene. That ends when he says that line that always made me laugh. We all have stories, you know, it was sort of based on that. <laughs> and, you, you know, we would we had read that script so many times that we could play around. And, and, and John came from that background to improvise. And it wasn't so official. When you started, we just were giving ideas and people were giving and contributing. And I think a lot of comedies work that way. A lot of the, the comedies that you've seen as far as dialogue or structure ideas get, get worked on. And I mean, even the movie process today that continues. Uh, I think a lot of times, depending on the collaborators, people are, you know, giving thoughts and pitching. So that's that's kind of a, not a unique process. It's in the in in the course of making something. You have uh, tons of quotable lines from all of your movies, most likely. Do you ever get sick of uh, having such quotable lines that people come up to you in public and? Kind of shout them at I don't. No, I, I don't mind. It's nice, you know. You can become part of the culture in some ways, and I always say that to screenwriters. I'm producing this movie right now um, that I rewrote. I had a a writer who would write traditional kind of holiday, whether they would be those kind of Hallmark films, mm -hmm. and then we went through and kind of made it contempt more adult and contemporary with language nice. and stuff, which was super fun. But keep the scene structure the same. Um, yeah. But I, I always suggest that you want to write your own slang. Yeah, you know, better to come up with. And friend groups do this naturally. You know, I met our yeah. our group friends would have things we would say <laughs> that from the outside people go, "What is that?" But you're kind of enjoying and making each other laugh. Right. And I feel like as a writer, or as you know, depending on what you're doing, you're always better to kind of come up with your own way of saying something, um, or or really just in, kind of come up with your own slang. Or it's 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 it, it stays with people more. It's more impactful and. If you're following what's out there, a lot of times you're uh, kind of behind what's current. feels feels less sort of fresh and fun. Well, nice. Vince has definitely been, you know, your wit just speaks for itself. I remember when we were younger, we used to, we would go to nightclubs and stuff, and you used to get us into these certain spots and things before <laughs> we were of age. Yeah, and it was it was incredible just to watch how like just funny and quick we were just able to get into these places and i always ask you what'd you say to that person and it was all it was just something something i would never would even comprehend the there gift were, of gab it's the gift of gab but i think you brought it into your body of work as an actor you know and i think going from swingers to doing your indie films to going into big blockbuster comedies and then going back into like you know we were talking about brawl and cell block 99 and i think that's and I'm not saying this as your friend, I'm saying this as a fan and seeing everything you've done. That's my favorite movie you've ever done. Nice. And I know you went back and worked with the same director on uh, Dragged Across the Concrete. But um, like I watched that film twice, typically because it was just too, like too graphic the first time for me to watch. <laughs> yeah, you gotta watch it, it's, it's, it's incredible. But um, what made you, like what, what drew you to that script and that? that film like what was your you know it's because it was such a dark piece going from like you know it's funny. I, I 
comedy always came easy to me and it wasn't like I had some major training there, even though I did improv in Chicago it was for about four months and it was helpful. But I didn't pursue going on a sketch show. I didn't want to do sketches. I preferred the narrative of a story or a character. So I, I started off and after Swingers, you're right, I, I gravitated to a much more independent films. And then the fun stuff about the mainstream art movies and studio comedies we were doing is they felt kind of reckless and fun. You know, we were having a good time. You were kind of like a rock album. You weren't looking to be liked by everybody. It was very much of, of the time. And, and that was a blast to do. Uh, where a lot of the, you know, felt like you were doing something original. And then as I got older and the position I got in, even with doing stuff like Freaky, which is more horror, even though it's a comedy or brawl, you just want to try different experiences. You, it's fun to get to play. I've done bigger blockbusters things and smaller movies. It's fun to do all of those different types of things and have those experiences. And I've loved writing or producing and editing films. But it's also nice just to be an actor, even a supporting actor, and go be supportive of someone else's vision. So... I always enjoyed the process of getting to a place sometimes where you, you feel like maybe this water is a little deeper than I'm used to. It's something I'm not used to. Let me push myself and, and, and have that experience. I think you grow and I think it keeps you interested and it's more fun uh, versus just trying to repeat um, and repeat something that was successful. Most of us get in this because we're exploring and find things interesting. So yeah. Brawl to me was just terrific material. I like Bone Tomahawk that that writer-director had done. He's great. Um, so I was thrilled to go and participate in that and to do something that's a little bit, you know, different than I had done, at least in recent years. And now you're doing, you're doing Curb, which is a, probably a breath of fresh air, right? Kirby enthusiasm. I love Garland. I know Garland from back in, in Chicago. I was in high school one time and he came with Second City and I volunteered and got on stage and improvised with him. So I've known him forever. I think he's wow. great. And and Larry David is terrific. I like Larry. I like I love Jeff Schaefer who runs that as well. All those guys are great. It's fun to go and play around. And, and uh, I like that those guys are kind of being funny and not following any rules, but it just, <laughs> I, I kind of enjoy that as well. So it's it's just nice to try to get the chance to do different things that are that are with people that you appreciate. People love you on that show, man. Um, I just want to talk about Wild West a little bit, and then we can we can wrap it up. But uh, Wild West Comedy Tour, Thirty Cities, Thirty Nights. You know that was your idea. That was your concept. That was there were your picks of comics. Uh, I think people just want to know, like, what was your inspiration for that? You. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, I had known you for a long time. Obviously, we met on uh, that after school special, and that's right. You know, you were an extra, and I had got a, a, a leading role, but we were the same age, and I think I had just got, in, got gotten started pursuing actors soon, sooner than you did acting. And then also, I could just see for you sometimes, you know, going out for parts it was like, you know, not as many obvious things for you to go out for. So, and you were pursuing stand up, And so I thought, how can I be supportive? And I used to go down and watch a lot of stand up. You know, truth be told is I did a little stand up younger and I never loved it. Not, not meaning that it, that I, it was afraid I wasn't. It just, I didn't want to get up on a mic and say the same thing in different cities every night. It wasn't right. engaging to me. I much preferred being in a scene and acting. Um, and I like stand-up, for sure, and I can appreciate it, but it wasn't, you know, my calling. I probably wouldn't have gone to a half of, I wouldn't have gone to any of the stand-up comedy shows, probably, if it wasn't for you. 
But in going to it and seeing it, I thought at the time, which is strange to say now, you know, there was a time in the 80s where the comics were super popular. You'd go on Carson, they'd get sitcoms. And when you were younger, I met and starting off, that was kind of dried up. It was not, yeah. it, comics did not have the leaping off point that they once did. Mm -hmm. You just did not see comics, stand-ups anyway, getting the opportunities that the generation previous got. Um, and so I thought, oh, what's a way that I can do something that's kind of fun and kind of help showcase Ahmed and some other comics that he likes uh, and do something and, and kind of take a road into what that process is for people um, so people can see the process of a stand-up who's starting off or, or maybe has, you know, who's a good stand-up but hasn't necessarily transcended and be in support of those careers as well as showing the audience something that would be interesting, which is to see behind the curtain of how that happens. So I thought of Wild West because... Uh, Buffalo Bill was originally used to have the Wild West comedy show, and I think he, I believe he was from Illinois originally, and so he would do this these these shows from the West mm -hmm. with cowboys and and different Western themes, and he would bring it back to the East Coast and do a tour, and the people on the East felt like, oh wow, we're getting a sample of what's authentically uh, what's happening in the Wild West, and so as a theme on that, I thought. I would take comics who were positioned and doing stand-up at the comedy store in these places all the time out west, and I would start to bring it more east, although stopping in Chicago, because that's where I grew up outside the city instead of going all the way uh, on that particular show. And I figured, what's another hook? Well, you just do a show every night. You'll maximize what does it feel like to every night have to do stand-up instead of taking nights off. We'll just do it every night. We'll hit as many places as we can. It'll get a chance to put these comics in front of, you know, theater crowds larger than they would have. We'll do a fun kind of variety show. For me, it was fun to get on stage. I hadn't done that in a while and do some sketches and MC the show. Um, and we'll kind of film it and make, make something out of it where we can kind of see some insight into these comics and their process. And, and sort of find the narrative as we go. And then, um, you know, the movie turned out really well and was well received and yeah. I, I think was uh, interesting. And it started originally, I started doing them as charity shows. I would do it. I would take the funds. I think I'd pay you guys a little bit. And then the rest of the money I would just donate to some kind of a uh, cause. And yeah. it, they were fun to do as a one-off. Um, and we kind of learned as we went, right? <clears throat> we realized if I didn't go on stage very long, sometimes the crowd would get upset. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah, because... Yeah, I thought you guys were so funny, so I would just go and announce <laughs> you guys, and then they would start getting mad. And I realized, oh, I got to go out and do something. Like, I didn't prepare anything, but I better go out and say something. Like, even though you guys were terrific and were funny... I think they felt like, oh, gosh, this guy said he was part of the show. He better do something. Right. So that's when I started to, it evolved. I started writing sketches and, and, and doing things so that it was a, you know, compliment in between the stand-up sets. Right. Well, they didn't come to see us. They came to see you. We were the sort of filler. Yeah, but, they might have yeah. come for me, but I think they really appreciated <laughs> you guys and enjoyed you. So in I the think end, absolutely. Balance, I think it was finding that balance of giving them enough of what they were expecting because they were always really super excited and enjoyed all the, the stand-up sets uh, once they saw them. This tour was so fun. We, we, we did 30 cities and 30 nights. It, you know, we, we were on tour buses. It was literally like a dream come true for a comic. If Monster you didn't, comics, we, yeah. none of us had anything going on at the time. It was Sebastian Maniscalco, uh, John Caparello, Brett Ernst, myself. There were some special guests, Dwight Yoakam. 
singer, songwriter came on. By the way, I, I didn't realize you have a soundtrack uh, credit from uh, that song you sung with him in, in uh, Bakersfield. Oh, yeah. I just, <laughs> he put me on the spot. Though I was an old friend, super talented. He was one of my favorite artists. I was yeah. a fan before I ever met him. And then, sure. Got to know him very well. He's such a talented guy and just a, a great guy on top of it. And he was, you know, I, was, I grew up listening to a lot of country music. And so Bakersfield and Buck Owens. And I was mm -hmm. always you know, well aware and a fan of that, as you know, because I used to play it all the time where we lived and get in trouble with the neighbors. But uh, <laughs> Dwight, uh, yeah, put me on the spot. You know, I, he knew that I knew these songs. And so I, in Bakersfield, I think we're at the Fox Theater, although we probably should have been at Bucks, the Crystal Palace. But mm -hmm. yeah, he, he Sing the song with him just we that did, one night. We did a lot of cool things on this tour aside from the shows. We got to, uh, well, we met Buck Owens. We went to the Notre Dame football field. Remember, we hung out uh, with some of the players. We got to go to yeah. the um, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Like, we just did a lot of cool little novel things uh, on that tour that were so, so memorable. And then it came out as a, a movie. If you haven't seen it, check it out. It's really cool. Um, it was fun to take a road trip too and have that experience and be in the circus for you know 30 days and get to go to those <laughs> cities and perform to different crowds in different places uh you know i think that's always a great experience for sure and and this tour was put together i think in like 10 or 12 days after uh we were having dinner at, at, at gibson steakhouse i was if I remember correctly. Yeah, once you make your mind up on something, I think that we were able to... It I happened good, fast. Good people working and helping me, like Victoria, my sister, and Peter Billingsley. We, we just organized it in John Isbell. We called the theaters and booked it and, you know, got the nights. And I, w I had to keep getting up. I think it's in the thing. I was tired. I, I had to get me up at different hours because we were starting in the West Coast and the East Coast was earlier. So I'd have to get up and do radio shows to let them know that we were coming and explain what the show was. Um, we played the... That was... A, we played the Ryman before there was a lot of stand-up shows at the Ryman yep. in uh, in Nashville, so that was fun. But uh, yeah, that was fun to do, and um, and yeah, and Peter, like we, we like Ahmed was saying, meeting on the after-school special uh, is such a you know he's such a talented guy and such a good guy, and I've been lucky to to maintain a friendship with him for all these years, and he was so instrumental in that as well. Nice. Well, look, bud, I know you're busy. You, you're juggling a lot, so I didn't want to keep you on too long, but. Uh... No, it's great to talk to you, and, and nice to meet you as well. And, nice to meet you, Vince. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe we'll do it again another time. Yeah, yeah and whenever you want. And uh, good luck on, I know you have something coming up that you're going to be filming, so best of luck on that. And um, I was going to ask you for your best Hollywood tale, but I think you kind of you kind of already gave us enough. My best Hollywood tale? You meaning in, in, in a tale as far as... Funny it, it could be a funny story. It could be a funny thing we did back in the day. It could be something, you know, whatever. Funny story. Yeah. Well, one that we relate to you and Peter was we did that after school special. And um, I remember I sat next to you and then you hung out in the trailer and, and Peter was like, uh, what are you doing? You, you don't hang out with the extras. Like, this is, you know, like, what are you doing? You don't know these people. It could be crazy. Like, I said, well, just 19. He's like the same age as us. And, you know, whatever. Nice. Peter's like, this is weird. Why are you doing this? And then I remember I had, I had, uh, I had some money from was doing commercials and stuff. And I had gotten a condo in, in Hancock Park. And uh, me and Ahmed maintained friends and, and became friends very quickly. And, and uh, you were thinking of moving up. And I encouraged you, I believe, to come from Riverside. I said, wow, you could pay me some rent. 
and, you know, stay at the place while you get started and kind of figure it out and pursue it more seriously. You were leaving uh, community college, I believe. And Peter was moving from Arizona full time to live in Los Angeles, obviously was a very successful actor. And I said the same thing to him. I said, well, why don't you crash with me? You can pay me a little bit of money for a couple of months while you kind of figure it out. But I didn't tell either of you that I suggested it to the other person. <laughs> and so I remember, um, were you there first? Or was Peter there first? I was there first. Because you were there first. He knocked on the and door. I remember yeah. you opening the door and Peter just being completely <laughs> shocked. Yeah, he said uh, like Ahmed was holding a happened. feather duster. Yeah, not only is he having lunch with this this background <laughs> artist, but now he's brought him to live in his place, uh, and I'll be living under the same roof as him. And of course, the fun of that is that obviously you and him became best friends within probably a week. You yeah. guys were incredible ever since. He would go down to your your families in Riverside for. Thanksgivings and things away from right. from where he lived, and you guys have stayed super close friends and sure. have always been best pals. So it was just funny to me that you know what started off as kind of this controversial <laughs> move ended up becoming such a great friendship. So that's an awesome uh, tale, man. You guys have a well, hey, crew. We uh, we appreciate your time, man, and uh, love you. Awesome. As a, love you as a brother. Love you as an actor. Love you as a producer. Love you. Of, Love you as an artist. Yeah, I love you guys. Love you as well. It's such a pleasure talking to you guys. Yeah, thank you so much, Vince. Appreciate it. We'll be in touch, brother. Oh, that was quick. All right. (laughs) Did he cut himself off? Yeah. Okay. That was cool. cool. He was on for a minute, right? Yeah. How long was was he on there for? I I didn't want to... 25 Yeah, that's fine. I asked him for 20, so he probably would have stayed on longer. I just... Yeah, you... I don't want to... I don't want to... I fucked up, man. No, that was nice of him to make time. He was having a good time. Yeah, we can wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. That's a good little... Ladies and gentlemen, big thanks to my brother, friend, actor, comedian, extraordinaire, Mr. Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn. Thank you. Thank you, my brother. That was, that was, this is a meaningful episode for me because I've known Vince almost 30 years now. Yeah, I didn't and, know you guys were so young when you guys... Uh, and he was, he's always been a big fan and, like, cheerleader of my career and stuff. And just a great friend and, and brother on top of that. So thank you, my brother Vince. And um, just another reminder that uh, we have episodes in the bank. If you want to go to YouTube and subscribe to Jam in the Van, check out our past episodes. Um, we have a bunch of episodes coming up with some really cool guests. Uh, live show here on February 22nd. Live comedy show, February 22nd, 10 o'clock show. Go to jaminthevan.com. February 16th, Brea Improv. Brea Improv, Ahmed Ahmed. Half-off promo code, if you use the word Ahmed, A-H-M-E-D. We'll be at the Ventura Harbor Comedy Club, February 18, 19, Friday, Saturday. And I think that's it for now. Anything else? Am I missing? That's it. If you haven't been to the space, check it out. It's a multiplex that's just filled with cool artistic energy and music and comedy, and it's it's uh, smoke friendly. Um, and yeah, so follow me on Instagram at Ahmed Ahmed Comedy. Follow me at uh, at Blake dot And want to thank the two Jakes, Dave, uh, Jack Higgins, Wolf Ramirez. 
and the whole staff and crew here at Jam in the Van. Yeah, you guys are awesome. We appreciate you guys. Thank you all. See you all next right. time.